Why do 80 to 90 percent of those claiming Christ or making decisions for Christ fall away from the faith? Do you want to know how to change minds in mere moments? You're listening to your radio activist, Mark Harrington, on The Mark Harrington Show. The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can donate to Created Equal by going to createdequal.org. Today on the program, I have as my guest Ray Comfort, who's the founder and CEO of Living Waters. And Ray, thanks for being on the program. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Ray, what I want to do, I want to break the program into two segments, if possible. The first part, I'd like to talk about just evangelism. And the second part, as I told you before, uh, that we are an organization that uh, is involved in the fight on abortion, created equal. And I want to talk about your your DVD, your video, 180. Uh, so let's go ahead and begin with some of the questions that uh, are in the mailbag uh, that we, you know, we, we asked people to send us regarding uh, your ministry and some of the, the techniques and other things that you've used over the years to be very effective in evangelism. Um, I, I started out the program by asking the question, why is it that 80, 90 percent of uh, those who make decisions for Christ fall away? Uh, that's a pretty startling number. Um, is it true and why is it? Well, it certainly is true. Um, and if you go fishing and 80 to 90 percent of the fish escape your net, you need to check your net. And what we need to do is go back and ask ourselves, are we evangelizing biblically? And mm -hmm. the question is, no, modern evangelism has forsaken the techniques, if I may use that word, used by Jesus right. and the disciples. Right. We have uh, held up Jesus as a life improvement. If you listen to a lot of preachers nowadays, they sound like motivational speakers. Mm -hmm. And they should have been plumbers or architects or carpenters rather than sons of thunder in the pulpit because they certainly aren't thundering out the biblical gospel which means that you present sin, righteousness, and judgment before you present the gospel. So if you go back to see what Jesus did, you say, man, that's different from what's going on in modern evangelism. You know, if you look up most church websites and say, uh, look up their uh, evangelistic outreach, it'll say something like this. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And it's very common to say that. And I would ask those who speak of a wonderful plan, to ask Stephen what he thinks of a wonderful plan as he's being stoned to death, or James right. as he's being beheaded, or the 11 disciples that were martyred for the faith, or Fox's Book of Martyrs uh, shows that the foundation of the church is soaked in blood. And so the wonderful plan offered, I mean, think of the thief on the cross. He was uh, being crucified uh, in agony we couldn't imagine, uh, and the wonderful plan began after he put his faith in Christ of having his legs broken by Roman soldiers and suffocating to death. That was the wonderful plan. Nowhere in Scripture will you find anyone speaking of wonderful plan. Instead, you'll see Jesus in Mark 10, verse 17, with a rich young ruler reproving him to begin with. He said, good master, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus didn't talk of a wonderful plan or talk about the love of God. He firstly said, why do you call me good? There's none good but God. He reproved his understanding of the word good. And then he gave him five of the 10 commandments. And the reason he did that was to show what sin is. 
How do we know what God's standard of morality is? Well, it's in the Ten Commandments. And without those commandments, morality is subjective. People will think they're good and they'll think they're fine with the Lord until they look at the commandments and realize that Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you've committed adultery in your heart. If you lie, you're a liar. If you steal, you're a thief. And that means we're all in big trouble on judgment day and need a savior. So that's more like biblical evangelism. It makes sense. It works. It helps people understand why they need a savior. And that's what we must, re what we must return to. My guest is Ray Comfort of Living Waters. And folks, you can go to livingwaters.com to find out more about his work. Okay, Ray, so I was introduced to your ministry years ago when I was listening to the cassette tape, and that, that dates me pretty much, <laughs> of Hell's Guest, uh, Best Kept Secret, where you talked about the use of, a, of the law of God to evangelize, to bring people to Christ. And you kind of answered this in the first question, but why is it that we've abandoned the use of the law to bring people to Christ? Well, think of a doctor who really wants to uh, be nice and congenial to his patient, and he doesn't want to upset them or offend them. So instead of giving them a medicine that's bitter, he waters it down so it's more tasteful to them. And what actually happens is it loses curative properties. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what happens when you water down the gospel, when you take out mention of sin and law and righteousness and judgment, it makes the gospel watered down and it loses its power. Um, the Pharisees did that with their tradition. And we've got traditional ways of getting decisions for Christ. We'll have an altar call, which is totally unbiblical. We'll lead people in a sinner's prayer, which is no basis in scripture. And people say, well, a sinner's prayer worked for me. Well, that's great, but it doesn't work for a lot of people. I led 28 buddies as a new Christian in the sinner's prayer because they had this little booklet, say this prayer after me, and 27 of them, fell away. And uh, I just felt I'd done them a terrible disservice. You know, if a man's committed adultery with his wife and she's willing to take him back, so I go to the back door and knock on the door and she comes to the door and I say, your husband's here, he wants to apologize. She says, okay. And I say to him, say this after me, dear wife, I do apologize for committing adultery. And he says, dear wife, I'm so sorry I committed adultery. She's going to slam the door in my face because I shouldn't have to lead him an apology to his wife for committing adultery. And I shouldn't have to lead anyone in a prayer of sorrow and a contrition, repentance before God. Nathan didn't lead David in Psalm 51. That spilled from his heart. And so that's exactly what should happen to a sinner. He goes before the Lord and says, I've sinned against you. Please forgive me. God's not interested in the words. He's interested in the heart condition. And so we've had multitudes pray the sinner's prayer and fall away because it didn't come from their own conviction. It came from someone who was trying to get a decision for Christ. I don't know what their motive was, but it just it does a great disservice to the body of Christ and the cause of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Again, my guest is Ray Comfort. Go to livingwaters.com to find out more. Folks, also, I want you to, we're going to be talking about this in a second, but I also want you to go and order this DVD. Uh, you can pick this up on livingwaters.com as well, the 180 movie. We're going to be talking about this in a minute. Uh, hey, Ray, as far as college outreach, college evangelism, I know that, you know, right now with COVID, a lot of the campuses, especially in California, are closed. And um, it makes it obviously more challenging to reach people on college campuses when they're not there. But, you know, it's kind of fallen out of vogue. And that is, you know, preaching on campus, the old soapbox using tracks, things like that. 
Uh, you've been very effective on college campuses and reaching young people. Why is that? Well, people say, why do you open air preach to crowds? Well, if you're going to go into a lifeboat and you're trying to save people around you and you pull them in one by one, that is wonderful. But if you can pull in 20 at a time by throwing mm -hmm. out a rope and saying, take this rope, let me pull you into safety, it's far more effective than doing one-to-one. -one. And so you can get to a college campus and if you know what you're doing, you can get a crowd of 100 people, sometimes 200 people, and engage them for, for hours. I was at UCLA uh, a few years ago when 180 came out, we gave out free DVDs and then I stood on a soapbox and I had a crowd of 400 teenagers or sorry, university students for two mm -hmm. hours that wouldn't go away uh, and they're engaged with the gospel. And to me, that's the highlight of my life. I've preached in very uh, nice churches with air conditioning and nice seating and good sound, but give me good open air with an angry heckler any day uh, that's where my heart is because I want to reach people for Christ. So it's a, it's a wonderfully effective means of taking the gospel to the unsaved. Let me just say something else about the whole COVID thing too. Mm. We are so encouraged. I go out each day and I take my dog, and that's my dog there with sunglasses on. I don't know if you can see that. He uh, comes on my bike with me, and uh -huh. he, is my, he is my bait when I go fishing for men. Uh, our YouTube channel has just passed 159 million views. And that greatly encourages us because of the fact that nowadays it's really hard to reach people with the gospel. But with YouTube and the Internet, it's just absolutely a wonderful miracle. It's marvelous that we can reach so many. Uh, and, and it's free uh, through YouTube. So that's a wonderful means. And people can see these uh, YouTube videos free of charge uh, through livingwaters.com or uh, Ray Comfort Living Waters YouTube. Yeah, just as long as we don't get canceled, right? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, yes, I'm not excited about that. Yeah, it's one of the problems we're facing. So let's transition to the the abortion question. I mean, we have this as one of the questions that was uh, one of my staff members wanted to ask you. What is the best method? And and you obviously talk about abortion in this uh, DVD here, where there are several people who change their minds in matters matter of moments. But uh, and I want to get to that. But what is the best method? This is what we do here at Created Equal. We we preach on abortion, but we also preach the gospel. What is the best method you find found to make the transition from the abortion issue to the gospel? How well, do you make think, that connection? Yes, I make the transition transition pretty quickly. I'll, I'll tell you why. Romans 8 verse 7 says the natural mind or the natural man is an enmity towards God. He's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That means unregenerate humanity is in a place of hostility towards God. And this is clearly mm -hmm. evidenced in the fact they use their name, use God's name as a cuss word. Instead mm -hmm. of using a filth word beginning with S to express disgust, they take God's holy name that Jews won't even speak or write down, godly Jews, and use it in place of that word. Um that's evidence of the hostility that man has towards God. So what you want to do is move away from the natural mind uh, as quickly as you can because it's a place of hostility. And the way to do that is get to the conscience. Now, with that being said, I became pro-life in a split second the moment I got right with God. The moment God gave me a new heart with new desires, the moment he caused me to walk in his statutes, which is what the New Testament of 
promises that God says, I'll take your heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh. I'll cause you to walk in my statutes. The moment I accepted Christ, repented of sin and trusted in him, God gave me a heart that hungered after righteousness. So instantly I was for one man, one woman in marriage. I was against adultery. I was against fornication, against blasphemy and the killing of children in the womb. So the way to convince a nation of the evil of abortion is with the gospel. And so that's my primary uh, object is to take the gospel and apply it to the conscience. So I might say to someone, um, are you pro-life or pro-death? Do you believe in a woman's right to take the life of her child? Or do you believe it's wrong in the eyes of God? I mean, do you have faith in God? They say, I have faith in God, but I think abortion is a woman's right. And so what I want to do is go for the heart, not particularly the whole abortion issue, but the abortion, because I can talk someone into being pro-life and they stay on the on their sins and end up in hell. I don't want that to happen. So I want to go to the root of the tree and deal with that because we're just talking about the bitter fruit of abortion that comes from the evil root of man's nature. And so I say to them something like this, uh, do you think you're a good person? Are you right with the Lord? Is he happy with you? And they say, yeah, I'm a good person. That's when you say, well, let me ask you a few questions. How many lies have you told? Have you ever stolen something? Have you used God's name in vain? Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you done those things? And they say, yeah, I have. So, well, you've just told me, Fred, that you're, I'm not judging you, but you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer at heart, and you have to face God on judgment day. And you promote the killing of children in the womb which adds to your sins. So on judgment day, you're going to be innocent or guilty, and then I bring the gospel that Christ died for our sins. So when I meet someone who is pro-abortion, and almost everybody in the world is, they've been swept up by this horrible spirit that's in the world, and uh, Satan's their father, and they do his will, and he came to kill, steal, and destroy, and he's done that with literally multitudes through abortion. So the only real answer isn't to change legislation, although we want to do that, the only real answer is to change the heart of humanity. And when that happens, then people will uh, believe in the sanctity of life. Ray Comfort's my guest today. He's the founder and CEO of Living Waters. He's also a best-selling author of 90 books, more than 90 books. And you can find out more by going to livingwaters.com. Uh, Ray, when you're talking about the gospel, sharing the gospel, uh, we try to do both, talk about abortion where we run into, like you say, you make the all the typical uh, scientific and logic arguments, philosophy and all that, and you run into a brick wall basically with a lot of people. It's all about the gospel. It's all about their heart. Uh, how do you explain, though, that even two out of five abortions are committed by born-again Christians, or at least they claim to be? Yeah, I like the way— If the gospel is the answer and they claim to be saved— and you say, well, if with you it happened in an instant, and I think that's true with a lot of people, but it may not be true with a lot of others. Yeah, um, some people need more knowledge to understand. See, I, I wasn't anti-abortion for two years as a Christian. And one day someone showed me a photo, it was only about that big, of one day's work in a Canadian abortion hospital. Mm -hmm. And it was a picture yeah. of about a dozen babies in a plastic bag, and I was horrified. I immediately took that picture and had it blown up to about 18 inches, took it into the local square and started preaching against abortion and preaching the gospel. And I remember taking that big picture of this dead babies and putting it on a, a pro-abortion pro display that they had in their local square that day. 
I thought, look, they're talking about abortion, but they haven't got a photo. I'll just stick mine up here. And I got attacked by a lady and she hit me with a handbag. And that was my introduction to the whole pro-life uh, thing. <laughs> but um, well, that's what we know, do. <laughs> there are some Christians who don't have a, a knowledge, but there are a lot of people who are false converts. A lot mm -hmm. of people who drank the watered down medicine and nothing happened. The power of the gospel was stripped from it. So those people need the gospel also. But you're right. Um, it is a, a horror beyond words that people who profess to uh, love God are for the killing of babies in the womb. That's a good point. You know, I often talk about the urgent and the important. We're trying to save babies from abortion. That may be the urgent thing, but the most important thing is that they come to the truth and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, Ray, I want to I want to switch gears to this video here, 180. If you would, Mr. Producer, go ahead and cue up the uh, the trailer for this. Uh, this has sold over half a million copies, I believe, by now. Uh, millions of views on uh, on YouTube. Go ahead and play a couple couple sec some sound from this uh, from the trailer of this video. Imagine if you could change society's stance on abortion. How do you feel about the issue of abortion? I think in some situations, it can be necessary. So have you just changed your mind about abortion? Yeah. Would you ever vote for someone who was for the killing of children in the womb? No. I believe in someone's right to choose. Are you going to change your stance on it? Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely making me think, yeah. I feel like it's more of the, a choice. Yeah, when you put it that way, it does change your mind. Would you vote for someone who is pro-abortion? Yeah. So have you just changed your mind about abortion? Yes, I have. <laughs> I believe that people have the right to choose. So have you just changed your mind about abortion? Yes, that's, I've just changed my mind about abortion. So you're going to vote differently in future? Yeah. You mean that? Yeah. Sometimes it's necessary if you're in the situation where you can't support a child. So you're saying that you're changing your mind about yes. abortion right now? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a woman's right to choose and every situation is a different situation. Are you going to vote differently and think differently about this? Yeah, I think I would. I think I definitely would. I'm for abortion. It's never okay to kill a baby in the womb. Okay, so you're going to change your mind about abortion? Yes, I am. Are you going to vote differently in the future? Yes, vote against abortion. What was it that changed their minds in a matter of seconds? Find out. Go to 180movie.com for details. So, folks, you can get yeah. this video online by going to livingwaters.com and pick it up. Uh, this is the video of a Ray Comfort goes on college campuses and asks the one question. Now, I'll, I'll tease the audience. What is that one question? It's not uh, outlined in the uh, trailer. What is the one question you ask that changes their minds? I'm not going to tell them. They're not going to bother to watch them. <laughs> I'm going to. All right. Keep the teeth going. There. <laughs> no, go ahead. What? No, it's not coming. Um, one of the, <laughs> okay, I'll let them. I'll let them go there and things, find out for themselves. <laughs> one of the most powerful things in advertising is the curiosity factor. And <laughs> okay. you won't ever hear someone giving a teaser and giving it away. They say, "What happened next?" And so you can go. You don't even have to buy the video. You can go to YouTube and watch it. I think it's had nearly or over five million views or something like that. Just go to YouTube. One eighty. And uh, you can find out, but do watch it because it is 
it's wonderfully um, encouraging to see people who are adamantly pro-abortion becoming pro-life in a matter of seconds because they were asked this one question. And let me just give you a little bit of an um, insight into it. It's the whole principle of appealing to the human conscience. You know, I learned something that was very powerful about two years ago, and that is for my whole life I've been cracking eggs the incorrect way. If you take an egg and crack it on the side of a frying pan, you're making a big mistake because there's a membrane on the inside of the egg that holds the shell. So if you crack on the edge of the frying pan, you're going to crack the membrane, which will let parts of shell, bits of shell, fall into your egg and make, give you a distasteful experience. And the human heart is very hard, and it's a hard shell to crack, but God's given us a right way to do it. With an egg, you crack it on a flat surface so the membrane stays whole and holds onto the shell. And there's a right and a wrong way to break the hard shell of the human heart. And that's what we do in that video. Well, I've been cracking eggs the wrong way then for my entire life. <laughs> I guess because that's how you gotta repent. Now I know. There. You gotta repent there, brother. <laughs> now I know how. Uh in the video and elsewhere, you you talk about comparing abortion to the Holocaust. You know, a lot of people just that kind of just like goes over their head and they think, all right, anytime you compare the abortion or anything else to the Holocaust, you've lost your audience. Why is there a comparison? What is that comparison? Why is it relevant? Yeah, it's very relevant because the way Hitler killed so many Jews was he said they were not human. He said they were beasts. He was a strong believer in Darwinian evolution. Uh, Darwin was his hero. And so that's what he did. He said, Jews are not human. They are subhuman. And that's why the Holocaust became acceptable in so many people's eyes. And that's exactly the same strategy when it comes to abortion. All my life, I've known that a woman is having a baby. She's not having a fetus. She's having a baby. And right. when you say it's a fetus and say it's not human until it's born, you take away the God-given sanctity of life. And what we've got to say, it's a human being. I was a human being. I was just rather immature when I was in the womb, but I came out and I matured over about 50 years. And it's exactly the same as uh, what they did with the Holocaust. And we've got a Holocaust on our hands. And uh, as I said, the only way to stop it is to change the human heart. The human heart is desperately wicked and it's selfish by nature. And uh, they kill babies for convenience and for the money. Amen. Uh, Ray Comfort's my guest. Go to livingwaters.com. You can watch this video on YouTube or pick it up, pick up your own copy if you wish. 180, 33 minutes that'll rock your world. It's testimonies of eight individuals on a college campus that, that Ray had the opportunity to interview and they changed their minds within moments. And, you know, Ray, when I first watched it, I thought to myself, because I've done this for many, many years on college campuses, it rarely takes that uh, short a time. It usually takes more time to change their minds. But and, and and I think some people might walk away thinking, boy, this is easy if this is the way it's being done. I don't want people to think that it's simple and that, you know, we want to imply that we can change everybody's hearts within 30 seconds. There are some people that are obviously not going to change their minds on abortion or the gospel. How do you deal with them? Well, to realize that. As Christians, we're not uh, out to get people saved through a decision. Success right. for me is having somebody listen. And every day I go to my bike with my dog, 
and just to have someone listen as a success. I say to someone at the end of listening to gospel, thank you for listening to me. I really appreciate it. And they say, oh, so you're going to think about this? And they say, yeah, I will. So will you think about it with a sense of urgency because 54 million people die every year and you could die tonight. And I say, whoa, mm-hmm. never thought of that. I'll think about it. I come away from that thinking, thank you, Lord. They listened. Um, I didn't have to get a decision. All I'm doing is planting seed. God causes the tree to grow and he causes mm-hmm. the fruit to come. And the fruit is his business. My job is just to be faithful in planting the seed. Amen. Greg Kokel used to call that uh, putting the pebble in their shoe. <laughs> they can't get the pebble out of the shoe because of what you've put in their minds or what you've shared with them. My guest like- has been uh, Ray Comfort today. You can go to livingwaters.com. Ray, we got about 30 seconds. Want to wrap it up? Give us some exhortation as we're facing, you know, lots of challenges here in the Christian church with COVID and everything else with the new Biden administration. Uh, can you give us some encouragement as we uh, as we part ways today? Yeah, nothing takes God by uh, shock. He never says, um, or oops. Um, I just did then. That's funny. But light shines yeah. brightest in the darkness. And we're living in a dark time. But my um, faith uh, says that there's going to be a knowledge of the Lord cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So never be discouraged. Jesus was never discouraged. The Bible says that. Mm-hmm. The book of Isaiah, he shall not fail nor be discouraged. And we should never be discouraged because we cannot fail because God is for us and nothing can be against us. Amen. Ray Comfort's been my guest. Go to livingwaters.com. You can check out some of the resources there and also check out the video 180 if you're interested on how to learn to talk about abortion and change people's minds in a moment. Again, Ray Comfort, CEO and founder of Living Waters. Uh, We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America, bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil evil plague in America, Call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.